This is Jennifer Pepita with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I have the joy of talking to Michelle Garrels. She's on Instagram at L Garrels, and she has this beautiful family. She's married to a musician, Josh Garrels, who we, our family just adores, and is creating such a beautiful world in her home. So I'm really excited to talk to you today, Michelle, about the beauty of work. Thank you for joining me. It's such a pleasure to be here, Jen. So the book that is coming out this spring is called Habits for a Sacred Home. And it's all about how the Benedictine practices can be so restorative for the world. And one of those practices was work. They had a saying, aura et labora, which meant like pray and work. And they recognized the redemptive beauty of work, that work actually makes the world more hopeful. And it, and it in many ways turns people's eyes towards God what is your philosophy of work? Because you are creating so much beauty in your home. Oh, thank you, Jen. I think Josh and I have, um, especially since moving to this farm three years ago, oh, we've just kind of, we've really stumbled into um, just really good patterns of work and prayer and school and creative work and physical work, like maintaining the land and all of that. Um, And we get to kind of do it all together as a family in this really wonderful way that's just kind of starting starting to work out, you know. Um, So I don't know how I would actually describe my philosophy, um, but living on the land, it's just been such a great companion, you know, to everything that I really felt like the Lord was leading us to, um, in terms of homeschooling and what that looked like. Um, it's all been really cohesive, um, in ways that I think I couldn't have planned it out more perfectly. It all yeah. just, um, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a learning experience at times we feel super overwhelmed, but have this real sense that what we're doing together here as a family is very meaningful and, um, yeah, it's just been such a joy. It's, it's really beautiful. You talk in one of your posts about Los Cuatro Arias, the four areas. And so you kind of, you know, one of my dreams for families is they would recognize that their homes are schools for the service of the Lord, that it's like a little training ground for being a human and and I think we undervalue the sacredness of that calling, the sacredness of teaching our children how to make a life, how to work and how to pray and how to live. And you guys have been so intentional about that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the practices, some of the ways that you even get your children to buy in? Because it's hard to be different. Do you know what I mean, when our kids are all playing video games, you know, all the community in the community, everyone's on their devices or whatever. It's hard to instead raise flowers and milk goats. How do you get your children on board with this different way of life? Yeah, well, you know, I think that we've been kind of moving in this direction really for years. You know, we um, left the Pacific Northwest six years ago and moved back to the Midwest. And um, first we were 
in a little town called Muncie for three years. And then um, that whole time we were really praying for a farm and knew that it was on God's heart for us to have one. And um, we were just waiting his timing and his place. And um, we, so we've been here in Michigan for three years, but, you know, we, we were starting kind of rhythms as a family before that, like probably for eight years or so we've been practicing Sabbath. Like we really felt like we needed to kind of, um, as a family have certain kind of like structure and parameters while there's a lot of freedom in our life. Um, we needed to have some kind of a structure and we felt like, you know, Saturdays and Sundays would all kind of flow together. And, um, so that was kind of probably the first step towards some kind of a rhythm that our family really fell into that became intensely meaningful and important. Um, and then I think we've just over time started to realize how important that is on a daily basis. But I think our structure looks very different from other people's. And I think, um, you know, years ago, the Lord had given me a couple of words, uh, meaningful occupation, cottage industry, and tools at hand. And somehow that kind of became a part of um, kind of like a homeschooling philosophy, um, and our kind of creative practices. But then um, as we kind of moved to this farm three years ago and um, I was homeschooling them in a different context and we were kind of falling into these rhythms, at times feeling overwhelmed with the number of kind of new responsibilities that we inherited um, on this land, these responsibilities really became opportunities, but I really had to make them a part of kind of like what our life is about. And they had to be incorporated into our day and our daily rhythm. And so um, I started kind of doing more what I call folk schooling, um, which, which really allows me um, to um, really value traditional skill, the learning of traditional skills. Um, all of the things that we can learn here, just like gardening and woodworking and, uh, the kids want to learn blacksmithing and all of that is really, a, has become a part of my curriculum. Like there's a Danish, uh, philosopher named, uh, NFS Grundvig, which I discovered years ago when I was kind of learning about folk schooling and realizing that was kind of more what I was doing here, um, with the kids and the schools that he started, he started uh, for high schoolers in Denmark, and they were called Schools for Life. And I realized that's what we're doing here. Like we are, I'm training my children for life, not just for college. Um, I'm training them to be sustainable, self-sustaining, or I guess more appropriately, God-sustained humans, you know, um, that are that use any gifts that they have for the service of God and the service of others, that they're a delight to be with, and they're a real gift to the world. And um, that means also a big part of their preparation is spiritual, you know. And so I've also really prioritized um, discipleship and that's something that we also really incorporate into our daily rhythms in a very intentional way. Um, so in some ways, Josh and I sometimes feel like we have like, like a little mini monastery here <laughs> with the way we live our lives with our kids, you know, we start out with kind of, um, I did a, an intentional kind of discipleship program that I sort of wrote with my, with my older kids and led them through this summer. 
um, that would have them kind of show them like how to have a quiet time. How do you meet with the Lord in the morning? Like really meet with him, not just like jump in and open your Bible, but let that be a time that you meet with the Lord. And he's the one that like sets your appetite up for the whole day so that you're not hungering after other things that aren't him, you know? Um, and so meeting with him and then engaging in the word, um, we do this kind of like Lectio Divina, all of us kind of separately, um, from like the daily lectionary and then, um, write things down that the Lord kind of shows us and then revisit those after lunch, um, before we start our kind of like school quiet time of required reading, um, and then kind of do the examine, um, again, separately in the evenings and, Um, And then the morning time is more kind of like we have some required school that we do, but we also have a lot of room in our schedule where we have family work that we do, which could be gardening or could be something creative. And all the kids have creative pursuits that they're um, kind of working on a lot in the afternoons. So um, I feel like we've just gotten these rhythms that are, we're kind of starting to really be able to put into practice things that were just kind of like theories for me years ago. But I think in this context, they've started to really work. And I feel like we're just getting to a point where as a family, we're starting to to really thrive within them. So that's amazing. And, you know, a lot of families, I think, don't feel confident to lead their children this way. Like they are so worried about their children having enough outside classes or having enough social time or they they just don't feel qualified to be an authority in their children's lives. What's helped you feel confident to do something that's a little bit different than what the rest of the world is doing and to stick with it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I think it's just the practice of discernment and following the Holy Spirit. And um, I've had friends ask, like, why do you just do your own thing? Like, I could never do that. And I just don't know. It's been so many years that I have kind of done my own thing by really just listening to the Lord, you know, because I know that He knows my kids. And um, I think I, I've had to just not give way to certain kind of temptations to to think that a certain amount of sort of outside social influence is necessary. Like, I think I'm responsible for just noticing my kids. I'm responsible to be really discerning and to also teach my own kids discernment because um, eventually, like I'm teaching them how to be discerning for themselves. So I'm not just limiting things, but they'll even kind of notice like if they're kind of we're running, you know, to and fro and being like really social or really busy. Everyone notices that they're not thriving. You know, um, we've gotten kind of off kilter a little bit. And I think they notice that I notice that we've noticed, um, I think a certain, what's the appropriate amount of sort of social engagements, um, for everyone to be doing well and really just kind of limiting things. And, I've realized even with like um, my teenagers that um, there would be like an expectation that we would kind of amp it up in terms of how much time they spend with their peers. But um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's actually changed that much. They've been going deeper with some of their friendships, but I I still don't think that we probably see um, other families like as frequently as a lot of other people. And all I have to do is look at how my kids are, are, um, developing. Like if I can look at them and see like, you know, like 
you know, this child hasn't been around friends a lot this week, but they are thriving and they're really pouring themselves into, sometimes it's actually letter writing. They actually have a lot of really deep friendships that they um, pursue like a letter writing friendship with. And we have a home fellowship um, with some families from back in Muncie and um, Cincinnati that we get together with once, basically just once a month, but it's like all day on Sunday. And then in the in-between times, they write letters. It feels like super old fashioned, <laughs> but it really has worked, you know? And I, again, it's like sort of guided by instinct and Holy Spirit discernment and inviting my kids into that discernment process as well. And um, when we can see that we're all thriving, then that's kind of the answer, you know? And so I think that's that's really given me the freedom as that happens more and more. It gives me the freedom to say no to things that I need to say no to that maybe six years ago or so, you know, I, I would have said yes to and assumed that um, certain things were kind of necessary. Um, we're realizing it's so important just to be very intentional with our time and with the relationships that all of us pursue. So, yeah, I, I just love that you have taken the time to be with God and get ideas from him and not, you know, in the story of St. Benedict, he lived alone in a cave for like three years before he wrote the rule of St. Benedict. He had this time, this intentional time with the Lord where he got that inspiration. And I think so many of us were really going off of what other people say we should do. And, and so many, most of my real parenting mistakes came when I was trying to look to experts instead of just pursuing a relationship with God on my own. But I think many, many people are really afraid to listen to God. They feel like they probably won't hear right. They maybe even have been in theologies that say that we can't hear from God or be led by the Holy Spirit. And we just kind of have to stumble along. How have you even developed the confidence to hear God's voice? Wow. It's, it's actually probably been through a lot of failure. Um, because I, again, I, I didn't actually grow up in a tradition where, um, hearing God was like encouraged or normative or anything like that. And so, um, but I just, you know, you look at scripture and that's the example that we have, you know, Old and New Testament is like being a friend of God. And so um, that's always been a pursuit, even if no one around me was talking about that. I knew that it was true and I knew that he wanted a relationship with me. And that's what I present to my children as well. Like that's what we're after. And, um, and that's the way that we actually become transformed and enter into his good plans and purposes for us is it's so necessary to specifically hear what he has for us and be specifically obedient. And so, um, I think that I really just had to kind of, I felt sometimes like I just had to strike out on my own and just like, you know what, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to try this because, um, the benefits so far outweigh any kind of risks. And have I missed it and missed it big? Yes, definitely. Like, you know, there have been times of, of missing it, of thinking that I heard God or, or at least maybe more often, um, thinking at the time that I missed it. And I don't know for months or years afterwards that, you know, there was something else that was going on. Um, or I kind of misinterpreted something that he said, but, you know, I think Josh and I just as a couple, we're so on the same page, um, in that, in our pursuit of the Lord and a very intimate relationship with him and how important it is to be aligned with his purposes and, um, and then not go after them in our own strength, but anything that he is calling us into, 
he is promising to give us the strength to do it, you know, and that becomes actually so exciting. It's such an invitation, you know, um, that he's going to call us into something and he's going to enable us to do it. And life becomes such a big adventure. And I just can't imagine doing it any other way, even, even if there's, there's a risk of tripping up and missing it or being called crazy, you know, but ultimately I would rather, (laughs) I would rather follow him, you know, And, um, so yeah, I guess a lot of it has just come through experimentation, practice and learning and not being afraid to at times, um, miss it, you know? Yeah. So beautiful, Michelle. I'm, I'm very inspired personally. You know, one of the things that has hurt us as a family and probably hurt many families is when you see families who are pursuing God in a very intentional way and then some catastrophe, like even thinking about the Duggar family, you know, now they have two older daughters who are writing books about all the ways that it was really hurtful. Some of the, um, some of the family practices they had. And I know that, you know, with, with the Holy spirit, we should be on the right track and not be hurting our kids, but somehow parents make mistakes. And even, even sometimes I feel like right now there's almost a backlash against being an authoritative parent or being in charge of your kids, because you see these families where the kids are now, disgruntled about it. But I believe that someday the kids whose parents didn't try to have any authority because they were scared to, because they didn't want to make the same mistakes their parents did, you know, kids who are recovering from ATI or Bill Gothard kind of things. I think those, the kids of those people are going to write books later on saying how their parents didn't give them any boundaries and how destructive that was. So how can people find equilibrium, especially if they've been you know, been in a family where it was this culture of protection from the world and working together as a family and some of these really beautiful ideals that maybe with a, you know, with parents who are broken people like we are, um, didn't work it out in a way that was a blessing. How can we recover from that so that we can follow the Holy Spirit into a Christian way of life instead of just capitulating and following the world into chaos? Hmm. Well, you know, I think that, um, I think if you're starting, you know, homeschooling or raising your kids with the idea that you're going to kind of like preserve them from the world, you're starting with a totally, um, wrong motive in the first place. And, um, I guess in, in my family growing up, like, you know, in a missionary home, um, I felt like, while I don't know that I necessarily learned discernment, I definitely appreciated that my parents um, kind of took this kind of middle road of like not totally forbidding like secular music and things like that, but not giving total free reign either. You know, like I feel like um, in some way, I, f- I feel like that I never really rebelled because things hadn't totally been taken um, away from me. Um, but I, I feel like in my own kind of raising of my children, it's been so important that I'm not just like shielding them, but I'm actually inviting them into something like a beautiful feast that is wonderful. And like that, if I'm, if I'm really connected with my kids and paying attention to who they are and if they're thriving, like, um, I can see that they're all in, like, I'm not actually calling them into something that they're not equally into, you know? Um, I think they, from what I can tell so far, I think they love being a part of this family. And 
Um, they love this kind of journey that we're on. And I think we have a sense kind of spiritually that we're, we're on a journey as a family in ways that we've really been able to see God move really powerfully um, over the last couple of years, um, especially. And um, a couple of our kids getting baptized this year and really just like making decisions on their own to follow the Lord and really beginning to hear His voice. And so I feel like if that... Um, your children are really like bought in on, on it all, you know, like they've made that decision for themselves. They're actually being invited into discerning certain things. There's kind of like at the very beginning when they're younger, I do have to um, practice more of that discernment for them because they don't have a relationship with the Lord where they can hear him. But as they get older, they're invited into more and more freedom. And I can trust them more and more that they're choosing things that are good, you know, and um, I think that there's no safeguard at the same time that at some point <laughs> one of my kids wouldn't decide to stray, you know, or go in unexpected direction. But at, you know, at this point, I have a sense that this is not just the best way to raise them. Like I'm not just enforcing a lifestyle in that, but we are actually like a team pursuing this together, pursuing life with God together, pursuing a, diff- a particular lifestyle together. And we're all kind of partners in it. We're kind of discernment partners even. And that I think that partnership um, is allowed more and more like as our children ma- mature. And then it, it matures, I think, into even like a spiritual friendship, which I think is so cool, like so exciting to begin to see. Yeah. And what you've sowed in can never be lost. Like even even with sometimes children who maybe have a little shaky moment, I think that what's been sowed in can never be lost. And so it's always it's always worthwhile to sow these seeds of beauty and work and relationship with God into our children. And I love also just that you mentioned how as they grow, they're becoming teammates. And I think that might be part of the problem with some of these families is they didn't really know their children. They were just imposing an exterior set of rules to try and save them, but they didn't really take time to know them or even know know God in a way that would um, encourage them with insight when maybe they needed to change course a little bit. Michelle, this has been such an encouraging conversation. I'm inspired to continue to nurture my my own nearly grown tribe. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with us. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been so great to catch up with you, Jen. 